Welcome to SyncMind. For a better experience, please use headphones. Evolution is to move forward into higher and higher realms at physical, mental, spiritual level. But it's quite a complicated thing. I think we can need a whole year or two years, of course, on evolution itself. What really evolves is quite intriguing. See, I think I will need a blackboard like <laughs> we used to learn in the school. Maybe I'll have to take up uh, and explain to you in, in brief within this episode of 26 minutes. I'll try and explain to you briefly about uh, the entire human system, how what part evolves and what cannot evolve actually. So if you if you take it up, our entire system. You can say we have physical manifestation, right? We call it gross body. Okay. Or in Sanskrit, in Shastra, they call it stool sarir. Okay. Another body that we have is subtle. also known as Sukshma Sharir. Third one is our causal body, Karan Sharir. Also it's our Atma. Okay. Now, in the entire human system, when we try to analyze what really evolves, now let's ask ourselves a question. It is understood that Atma is pure in its nature. It's eternal. It cannot change. Let us start understanding what really evolves and what cannot evolve. Atma being what it is, eternal, pure, immutable, cannot change. So forget talking about evolution of Atma. Okay. The gross body Let's say this cannot evolve. Gross body, for it to evolve, it takes millions of years. For example, you want to evolve like a bird and say, I would like to fly. At the same time, return the human body and like to also swim like a dolphin. God knows how many millions of years it can take to have the control at individual level in the sky, water, on earth. It's a problem. In, during this lifetime itself, my body cannot evolve. It can only decay. And it can age, as we say. Okay. So the logic says it is the subtle body that evolves and that we will see that it is not just logical, but it is practical as well. Now, you may ask, what are these subtle bodies? See, or Shastras, it is mentioned that we have four subtle bodies. Manas, Buddhi, Chit, and Ahankar. 
literally put in english manas is mind buddhi is our intellect chit is consciousness anchor is all about ego now when these four entities evolve what do they really become when i say my mind is evolving or my intellect is evolving or consciousness or ego what is the output of all this okay now for that we have to understand what is the role of each of this body okay when we say mind what do we understand by mind the role of mind is to think right now at its pinnacle thinking should evolve into feeling well i don't have to think 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 but i should be able to feel things directly without dissecting at the mental now intellect what what does it become it becomes wisdom there is a difference between a person who goes on intellectualizing it but you ask an elderly person who is wise he has ready made answers because he's full of wisdom <laughs> feelings also the other day i was giving you the example of yes thinking to feeling but in a real life what really happens when you have problems come home after 2 3 months your sister or your mother asks they come up with the answer in prompto it's because of this well developed feeling faculty where they use the heart so there is a amalgamation of mind and the heart almost like eclipsing them together now consciousness so whatever it is when we say uh, the whole spectrum of consciousness from stone like consciousness in between to something and human and angel and let's say the final is divine consciousness the goal is to attain this divine consciousness ego that culminates into absolute humility and that further goes into all pervasive love where one dissolves ego it becomes it is metamorphosed itself into love through humility See? now the questions can go on multiplying See, from here we have come up to this concluded that it is a subtle body that evolves and out of all these four bodies are evolving to various levels of functions okay now the other day i was talking to you about the purpose of all the yogic practices according to swami vivekananda that available consciousness is there he calls it it is like a fine film of water huh? above which there is a sky of super consciousness and below which there is the ocean of subconsciousness 
Now as we meditate, this available consciousness, it finds its own layers expanding into superconsciousness. And through Yoga Nindra that I'm going to teach later on, I'll walk you through this process so that we can also go into Yoga Nindra and somehow capture the potency that is already there in subconscious. Okay. Now, another scenario arises that how to make this consciousness evolve. Suppose if you take it as a circular thing, okay, make, okay. How does it evolve? It is like this. How to make my liver healthy? Can I exercise in such a way that my liver becomes healthier or my spleen or my lungs? On their own accord, I cannot exercise lungs or liver. I cannot make it run or lift weights. See, I have to use my legs and arms and some other physical exercises so that these organs are put to some sort of a strain or some sort of an exercise. Consciousness also, on its own, it cannot evolve. The way the liver for its healthy conditions uses body, the other parts of the body, consciousness also uses the other subtle bodies. Uh, which are the other subtle bodies? Manas or mind? Buddhi, which is intellect and ego. When I use my mind properly, intellect properly, and ego is cultivated in such a way, then it affects the consciousness. We have to take each element one by one, see, and how it can contribute to expansion of consciousness. consciousness. How to make use of mind? So, mind, it begins with wherever it is, with the process of thinking. Now, thinking has to evolve itself into feeling. So, we start with this idea of meditation. In meditation, we think of the presence of divine light. We proceed with this idea. And then, as we move on into these levels of superconscious and subconscious, it automatically stretches itself. So, mind can be trained to feel. When we start with the process of meditation, with a gentle idea of presence of divine light, which is already there, then slowly, with the help of this transmission, we call yogic transmission or pranahuti, it carries us because of the impulse or the force from the guide it makes us feel the Divine Presence. See, it is one thing to say, I think of the Divine Presence. When we are too busy with mantra, for example, we are too busy reciting mantra without feeling the essence of mantra or without feeling the Deity whose presence we are trying to invoke. We are too busy reciting or a person who is kind of uh, mesmerized or who has this idea that I have to think constantly about one thing without deviating 
no i would not advocate that i would say let us begin gently, gently with this idea of presence of divine light and try to feel the presence once the feeling is invoked then it remains a continuity until it is broken because of what interruptions can arise and slowly this is how we take our mind to feel things rather than just intellectually go on analyzing so there is a bridge we are trying to build between the heart and the mind see mind can also be trained to feel things and when there is a true eclipse between the the mind and the heart it is like there is absolute resonance between these two they become one the purpose again of yoga is to to become one to unite in this scenario heart becoming mind mind becoming the heart so that nobody can later on distinguish that this is because of my mind or this is because of my heart to such a person the feelings and the thinking they become synonyms it is the culmination of mind's evolution see intellect also in briefly when can say when the subconscious is so enlightened through your previous experiences you become wiser at night time when we are taught how to offer prayer with this heartfulness meditation it makes us wiser by accepting our faults accepting our defects analyzing introspecting and say yes this i have to get rid of is this not a wisdom to remove the weaknesses and defects and also to make a resolution that i shall never repeat this again i'd like to become better and better and better human being this is wisdom see ego it's quite a tricky business see ego the other day also i was trying to briefly and very indirectly i was trying to say it it manifests ego at three levels during action during activity okay how let's see if i'm a musician and i'm playing a flute i must excel after each performance my next performance should be better than the previous one right so you can say my activities are becoming better and better next time so there is a sort of pride pride in action okay there it is at an individual level where you can say swabhiman i'm proud of myself see it's about myself swabhiman If you are a PhD and suppose you did a wonderful research and to tell your uh, co-workers or research in the same field all over the world say look I did this I'm happy that we did this and I'm really proud of myself this is swabhiman okay but then one can become arrogant and say nobody else is better than myself i am the best flutist or i am the best researcher you see now there is a variation in this ego manifesting 
to consider oneself all the time better than somebody it in itself ruins our whole thing then what happens then ego does not allow the consciousness to expand at all because you are all about yourself so like a black hole in this in our galaxies there are so many of them even light cannot pass others opinion to such an egoistic person means nothing nobody can pass through them they are the ultimate knower of everything somebody was sending me a joke today i think you know i received a joke and says he put up his all britannicas for sale all 45 volumes say somebody asked, why you want to sell it at such a ridiculous price he said no 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 yesterday i got married i have all the answers to my wife so these are the kind of people who are so much self consumed in the process they consume themselves egoistic people have no limits to where the manifestation of ego can be so many these three in a positive or negative way but at the same time one can make it and say in the beneficiary way i can evolve myself i can become better and better without this ego i cannot even think of bettering myself improving myself see the best advice my master gave me once says there is nothing wrong in thinking yourself to be great go ahead but always think the other person is greater then problem we go will be resolved when somebody is well read well educated it comes out also at that level in that dimension see in speech in display of knowledge consciousness when it is thoroughly expanded to its pinnacle such a individual will have so much of love so much of balance so much of moderation in everything that person performs that is quality of such a person in gita is very well described as sthit pragya that's but according to my master however high a person may have been evolved in consciousness we are still playing with consciousness in the just as a child plays with toys yogis plays with this consciousness it is a toy mere toy for them but something better is still awaiting beyond consciousness see the in the realms of this this infinite realms consciousness is just one drop again we have to think what is it that supports this consciousness what is the potential behind it that is the true search of yoga and once we find that the problem of life is completely solved forever liberation okay it pauses or once and for all your cycle of birth and rebirth is arrested no more birth no more death at a physical level but it just after that what really happen one has to still advance but it is only in this human form through yogic sadhana under a proper guide one can evolve to the highest consciousness and still go beyond it consciousness though we say it is the only thing that can evolve in this human form but there is much more awaits us 
much greater. As I said, it is still a toy in the hands of a yogi. You must stop playing with such toys and grow up. See, once Swami Vivekananda, in his second or third trip to his Guruji, Ramakrishna Paramahansa. So very lovingly, Ramakrishna Paramahansa asks him, Naren, what do you really want from me? Swami Vivekananda answers him, I would like to have Samadhi. Then uh, Ramakrishna Paramam says, you are born for much greater things. Forget about Samadhi. So our tradition shows Samadhi, of course, may be great. Levels of consciousness may be also greater. But there is still something grander which is waiting for us. And we must pursue that. Find the right guru, find the right guide, and yoke yourself with him. If your guide can make you happy, first follow him. If your guide cannot satisfy you, don't be afraid that, you know, I'll be condemned to hell if I don't follow this guru. Because gurus are so many times, so many types. There are varieties of them. But one who can really give us Brahma Vidya by shattering all our attachments, helping us remove and go beyond desires, help us sublimate our ego, then such gurus should be followed with love. Others are transactory. You give me this, I give you that. You give me this, I give you that. Such transactory gurus, I think, they are only for themselves.